Hi, this is Colin Shaw. Before the show starts, I wanted to tell you about a free report that you can download. At the end of the show, I'm going to give you a link where you'll be able to undertake a quick assessment, self-assessment, that you'll be able to benchmark against hundreds of other organizations who have embarked upon the similar journey of looking to improve their customer experience using behavioral economics. The best bit is the report is free. So just stay tuned to after the show. Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. There is a lack of focus on ROI, return on investment. And I think that this year, because of the scrutiny that customer experience teams and other people are going to start to put on customer experience initiatives, I think what's going to happen is ROI and focusing on the things that drive value are going to be absolutely key. Your job in business, if you're selling something, is about understanding people and their needs. Segmentation is consistently the lowest hanging fruit. This is the biggest opportunity for most companies. What was driving value, even though we were paying more money for the milk, was actually the human interaction. And as soon as you create that to be a transaction, you actually lose customer. Okay, Ryan, so as we start the new year, I thought it'd be good that we um, started to think about some new advances in, in customer experience and, and what people can do and what, what's going to be happening in the marketplace and some key things that I think are going to be key. So there are five things that I wanted to chat about. I'm not sure if there's uh, anything you're going to add as we go through this. I'm going to be very surprised if you'll be quiet. So um, <laughs> I'm sure that you're, I, you're paying me either way, Colin. So I'm happy to just <laughs> sit back here and collect my check. Good. Well, at least we're not talking about cricket. <laughs> the day is young. The podcast ago. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So there are, there are five things that I think are going to be starting to affect the customer experience. And the first one actually is a podcast that I did before uh, Christmas, which was all about whether customer experience was dying. In other words, as an industry, you know, are we on the wane? And the reason I mention that is because there have been two reports that have come out that show that improving customer experience wasn't actually happening. Uh, one from Forrester that showed that the index hadn't moved over the last five years. I'm not going to go through all of this stuff again. You can go back and listen to that podcast. But I think the issue for me that it raises is that there is a lack of focus on ROI, uh, return on investment. And I think that this year, because of the scrutiny that I believe that customer experience teams and other people are going to start to put on customer experience initiatives, I think what's going to happen is ROI and focusing on the things that drive value 
are going to be absolutely, absolutely key. Any thoughts from you around that? So do you think that this increased importance of ROI is driven by the customer experience professionals themselves? Or do you think this is a reaction of management kind of pushing back on maybe some of the rosy messaging they've been getting from internal internal into their teams? Essentially, I guess I'm asking, why do you think that ROI is going to be increasing in importance over the next year? I, I think both basically, because, you know, if you're in business, you're in business to make money. Uh, therefore, if you invest in improving something, uh, i.e. you recruit people, CX teams, you spend money on, uh, I don't know, additional software, uh, on consultants, you train people, uh, it's not unreasonable to expect that something improves, basically, uh, and you get a return. Uh, and therefore, I think it's the CEOs and the C-suite who are rightly so, because I would be doing exactly the same, going, why am I investing in five people to do this when I don't see anything improving? So I, I think part of the problem is that uh, people, let me say, lower down the chain don't focus on value, so they yeah. don't. They don't go. Okay, let's critically look at. You know, if we make this improvement, what's the business case behind? You know, making these these changes, and I think that that's going to be um, seriously called for. Basically, moving moving forward, because in short, I think the CEOs will turn around and go. Well, actually, if there's no improvement, well, I've got five people looking at this. I might as well just redeploy those people somewhere else and invest that money money in something that will give me a return. As simple as that. It's hard message, but I think that's the reality. No, I mean, I think it's a great point. You you hear all the time about there being limited windows of opportunities for change. The fact yeah. is that people get burned out on ideas if they don't notice things improving. So no, no, absolutely. Uh, it's not harmless to just try and improve your customer experience and then not have it impact the bottom line. No, absolutely. It, and it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to say that, you know, suddenly profit needs to increase, but you would expect an increase in things like net promoter score or customer satisfaction right. or, you know, reductions in cost. All of those are you know, returns on an investment, but for right. for an index run by Forrester not to move for for three years is a bit concerning. And you, you all know that we've had clients, people like Rico, who have improved their net promoter score by thirty four points over thirty months, and that uh, increased uh, the increased their printer sales by ten percent. Now that's the type of return that that you can get. Uh, um, and you know, companies that are doing that type of return will obviously be going, yeah, it's it's really good, and you know, and it was really worth the investment. But um, to not have anything, I think is, is going to be a big issue. So number two, number two is an area that we've discussed uh, as this year has gone on, but I, I think. The, the whole area of getting much more into segmentation and getting into behavioral segmentation and psychographics and then articulating them through personas, I think is going to be, again, key. Uh, and I'm seeing a number of organizations starting to, 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 to look at these things. So 
at the moment, I have to say that from what I see, a lot of organizations segmentation has some need for improvement. Let me try and be positive about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but some of it is pretty basic. You know, we have large customers, we have small customers, we have medium-sized customers. So I think that um, um, that behavioral segmentation and then moving into psychographics and, and what we mean by that is, you know, looking at um, personality traits, what drive people's values, attitudes, interests, lifestyles, and, you know, being able to then look at what people are doing and how they're doing it becomes key. Where do you sit with it all? Uh, I hope you're right. Segmentation is, is my biggest hobby horse uh, in the area of marketing and the area of you know, behavioral economics and understanding your customers. Your job in business, if you're selling something, and any intuitively good salesperson will tell you this, is about understanding people and their needs yeah. so that you can persuade them, so that you can match their preferences. Segmentation is consistently, when I talk to companies, consistently the lowest hanging fruit. This is the biggest opportunity for most companies. Most companies don't do it well at all. Those that do it don't often implement it into their strategies. So I hope you're right, Colin, because I think that there's massive room for improvement there if, um, if people take segmentation seriously and, and do it better. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. We will again, because this is one of my biggest pieces of advice for anyone doing anything in business uh, is segment yeah. well. And, and I actually think it, it sort of ties back into into the, the first piece about ROI, which is a key way of getting ROI is to understand your customers. A, a key way of getting ROI is to therefore focus what you're doing to a segment of the market that, you know, and, and understanding what's driving value to, to, to that segment of the market. If you're not doing segmentation correctly, then how do you expect to get a re return? Uh, again, I'm probably being hard, uh, but you know, that, that's where, that's where I, I net out at. No, I mean, the, the example that I often use is uh, I use Facebook a lot. My teenage daughter does not use Facebook in part because I use Facebook. People want different things. And sometimes the stuff that appeals to one group will actively turn off another group just because people have different preferences. So if you don't understand what's driving the evaluations of your specific customers, then how are you possibly going to serve them all? Yeah, no, absolutely. So segmentation, so maybe we should just call this massive improvement in segmentation. Uh, I hope so. Um, yeah. I'm less optimistic that firms will actually take advantage of this um, in the next year, but I, I hope so. I hope you're right. Yeah. And I certainly I think, agree there's an opportunity there. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other part of that is then the, the, uh, the good way of articulating it internally and getting people to, to realize what is meant is through personas. So being able to turn around and say, here's Susie, she's a lawyer, you know, that has come from this type of background or whatever, whatever, whatever. People can relate to that far more than calling it segment one or segment two or, you know, whatever. So I think the articulation of things through personas helps people in the organization understand the segment more. Yep. Yeah. Personas are a great bit of internal marketing um, yeah. to help people kind of get in, excited about and communicate easily about kind of complex segmentation ideas.
good. Okay, so number three. Again, we saw last year, but I think it's going to continue this year. But I think there's a there's a, a fundamental challenge that's happening here, and that is in digital transformation. So we've obviously seen a massive increase in organizations focusing on a digital experience and transforming what they are doing to a digital experience. But I think the mistake that they're making is that they are, because most organizations tend to be cost-focused, they are looking at this with blinders on that make people uh, are effectively just going, how can we use digital transformation to, to save costs? And and the reality is, is I think that there is a danger that people are actually not are throwing what I would call throwing the baby out with the bathwater, which is they're throwing out a part of the experience that is delivered by a human that actually drives an awful lot of value. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I, and it doesn't have to. So there's, you know, the digital experience is different from other types of experiences and it's neither better nor worse. It's just a new opportunity. So, you know, it goes back to segmentation. So there are certain segments. I, I love it when I can engage with a chat window on a website instead of calling in, yep. but there are different groups of, of customers that, that hate that, that find it very impersonal and very annoying. So who's your customer? What is it that they want? What is it that they're expecting by your digital transformation? Are you just making things more efficient and cost-effective at the expense of the customer experience for your customers? Or are you using that digital transformation to actually give them more of what they want? And so you need to know who these people are and what they want before you can figure that out. I think I might have told you this before, let me, but let me tell you my 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 favorite story that that I think personifies this. We we used to, in our home back in England, we used to get our milk delivered, and the milkman used to come around. He used to deliver the milk, and then um, on a Friday night, he used to come around and um, we'd pay. And I said to Lorraine, my wife, I said, um, you know what, um, we, um, you know, why don't we just go down the grocery store like everybody else doesn't buy their milk because it's a lot cheaper. And Lorraine said, no, 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 no. She said, I, you know, I enjoy it when Kevin comes around. We have a bit of a laugh and a bit of a joke and, you know, I want to carry on getting the milk delivered. Anyway, because of the decline in milk sales, Kevin left and the new guy took over. And the new guy came up with this great new way of doing things. What he did was he left the bill mm-hmm. underneath the milk bottle. Um, mm-hmm. And he asked us to then leave a check underneath the milk bottle in a safe place, you know, later on in the week. And guess what? Yep. <laughs> After two months, Lorraine said, yeah, well, why are we getting our milk delivered? You know, we might as well go down to the grocery store and, and um, you know, get it from there. Uh, but I think that sort of just personifies the issue. What was driving value, even though we were paying more money for the milk, was actually the human interaction. And That's right. as soon as you create that to be a transaction, you actually lose custom. So I, I think that's uh, my favorite way of, uh, of explaining it. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a fantastic example. And again, it goes back to segmentation. Somebody like me might find that preferable uh, yeah. to, to have less interaction with the service provider, whereas somebody else might actually enjoy the human touch and, and have that uh, that be part a valued part, that inefficiency 
be a valued part of the exchange? Do you actually understand who your customers are? And do you know what's important to them? So I'm I'm now getting the sense, mate, that you 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 don't like your um, you don't like talking to people over the phone. You'd prefer to do chatbots, and you don't want to talk to anybody when you're buying something. So actually, you're just going to be insular, sitting sitting in your uh, in your ranch in um, in Georgia, completely separate from everybody. Is that right? One of the themes of this podcast is I am deeply misanthropic. Um, <laughs> I, I, in fact, hate people. Um, and uh, no, I, I was one of the few people who was really enthusiastic about the self-checkout lines when that became a thing. <laughs> I can I not talk to somebody at the grocery store. I am so on board for this. And, and listen, for people that have listened to the podcast, they will also remember that you're an axe collector. <laughs> let's let's not tie too many of these things together, Colin. I th- I think that's not necessary. And I, I haven't told you this, but I was at a uh, uh, I was at a social event the other the other night, and uh, this guy came up to me and said, "Hi, oh, you, Colin Shaw?" And, I went, yeah. uh, and he said, "He said, oh, I really enjoy the podcast." He said, "And um, well, that Ryan?" He said, "I didn't believe it when he said he started collecting axes." <laughs> Oh, I've got pictures on my Facebook feed that can. Yeah, so you know. No, no, you want you want to know the truth? It it rained here last night, and I was deeply disappointed because I've got all this brush out in my woods that I wanted to chop up and burn today. It's not going to happen because of the rain. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Anyway, back from axe collecting to to artificial (laughs) intelligence. Now, I'm sure there must be a link there somewhere, but um, there you go. The next one down the line for me is this: is the whole area of AI, and you know, I've, I've always loved technology, but I think that artificial intelligence over the next few years is going to have a massive effect on the customer experience. And if you're not into it now, then you should be. But I think the same issues apply with digital transformation, which is you, and in fact, all the things we're talking about, which is. You got to understand your customers, as mm-hmm. Ryan's rightly saying. You got to understand that they're not necessarily logical, and and that's obviously everything that we've been talking about in the in the podcasts. And you've got to understand there are certain things that drive value, human interactions that drive value that you shouldn't be looking to automate or uh, do AI with. Uh, because the danger is, is that you will throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, well said. I mean, it's uh, it's a similar idea. I, AI can be well. First of all, it's it's an overused buzzword. There's lots of uh, kind of straightforward statistical modeling that is masquerading as AI. People are kind of rebranding old ideas and calling it a artificial intelligence yeah. um, just to make it sound sexy. But it it can be used very effectively and very well. It can also be used really creepily. I don't know how many people had the experience over the holidays of talking with friends and, and family and very quickly coming to this conclusion that everybody's had this shared experience where they've been talking about something and then they start seeing an ad for it pop up on their yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. And people 
believe now, it's a pretty widespread belief that, you know, Facebook and Google are spying on you all the time and, you know, using these algorithms to deliver targeted ads. And there's, there's started to be a pushback. People find it creepy. Sure. Um, and, uh, and firms are in a real pinch with regards to this because people want ad content that is, you know, specific to them that doesn't waste their, their time. They want experiences that are, you know, tailored to them and that meet their needs. At the same time, if these algorithms get too efficient and, and too intelligent, uh, it can also be deeply creepy, at least for some segments of the market and can backfire. So same bit of advice, know who your customers are, know what that source of value is that they're getting from your experience and make sure that you're delivering on that with AI or without. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's that's going to be critical. And I think where this is where these, you know, when you think about it, all these things start to become interrelated, don't they? You know, yep. in, in the sense of you need to know your customers, you need to be able to do all the things that you've just articulated. And that's the way that you're going to get ROI and, you know, be able to improve the experience and, and make more money. And actually, as we've talked about again before, the irony is, is there are a number of things that are, that that customers actually don't know themselves that drive value and it's key for you to understand what, what those are as well absolutely okay last one is measuring customer emotions but in real time so this is where I think the whole area of so the the challenges we've talked about before with measuring customer emotions is you can obviously ask them you know how are you feeling and effectively that's one of the only ways we can do things at the moment. Obviously, we could stick them through an MRI scanner or something like that, but um, probably not exactly portable at the moment. But the other the other way is looking at looking at things from from facial recognition. So we know that a lot of, uh, well, Apple have gone to facial recognition. We know uh, a number of the security forces have started to use facial recognition in a lot more depth. But I think that uh, organizations are going to start to look at facial recognition to understand how they believe their, how their customer is feeling and, you know, micro expressions and things like that, 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 uh, customers don't know that they are necessarily signals that they are giving off that, that they don't actually understand that they're giving off. Uh, I think through facial recognition, that's going to open up a, a complete new area of understanding how your customer how your customer feels. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, we'll have to see how it plays out as technologies like this get cheaper. Yep. People get more and more creative in how they use them. There starts to be a more robust kind of science around uh, what these findings mean and, and how to use them. Uh, and this stuff is undeniably getting cheaper and easier to use and more portable and all that stuff. So uh, I think that there will be real opportunities in the future to get more and better information in some of these new ways, including facial recognition and, and uh, microtransaction data or excuse me micro expression data yeah no absolutely yeah I, th I think for me again it's just it's trying to understand the things that um that you know even it, it, the way i described it the other day was 
there are sometimes when my when Lorraine would say to me, "How are you?" and I go, "I'm fine," and she goes, "No, you're not." <laughs> yeah, and you go well. As you know that, well, actually, she just knows me so well that she can see through facial expression, body language, blah 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 blah, how I'm really feeling, as opposed to how I may say that I'm feeling, uh, or even know that I'm feeling. Basically, I like to think that she knew that you were in trouble, and you didn't yet know that, and so she was trying to inform you about something that you didn't know. Um, that's you think you think you're true. doing okay, Colin? You are not okay. <laughs> yes. Did I forget her birthday or something like that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so those are the five things that I think are going to be key for this year. And I think that um, some new advances, not saying they're going to become mainstream, but I do think that we're at the start of, of the, the bell curve on a, on a number of these. So just to summarize, I, I think this year is going to be a year of make or break on what drives value to actually make sure that there's ROI. The whole area of segmentation you know, behavioral segmentation, psychographics, personas, just whole improvement of segmentation needs to happen. Digital transformation and and absolutely it will continue, but um, not missing out those those human items, the things that drive most value. AI is going to be continue to to take off at a pace, but the same issues apply. And finally, I think you know we're at uh, the early stages of facial recognition and then how that can get interpreted in our field becomes how can we start to anticipate how or tell how a customer is feeling through an experience that they they may have. So I think we're at the bottom of the bell curve with many of those. I think those are going to improve over the next uh, or massively uh, increase over the next uh, few years. It's a great list. As as the great Yogi Berra once said, uh, making predictions is hard, especially about the future. So if, but the nice thing about that list, Colin, is that even if you are dead wrong and these things don't become more important in the future, all five of those are really good pieces of advice. So whether or not everybody starts doing them, you should start doing them. Like all five of these yeah. things are things that you should look into this year to improve your customer experience. Maybe Colin's right, and these things are going to become hot this year widespread. That certainly seems reasonable to me. It's a a reasonable list from that perspective. But even if not, you and your organization should be looking at these five things. That's just good advice. I think the first thing people need to do is to understand these a bit more. Start to take a step back and go, are we actually producing ROI? Yeah. You know, what do our mm-hmm. senior teams think? Are they, you know, do they think we're doing a good job? Yeah. You know, what's the evidence is if I was being hard with people, you know, show me the evidence that, that things are in, improving. And are start- we measuring the right things? Yeah. 
are we measuring the right things? Are we getting a return? You know, are things going up? And again, to be blunt, you know, are you making more money than you're costing the organization, basically? Yep. You know, and if you're not, then I'd be worried, basically. Segmentation, uh, my advice would be, where are you now? You know, and again, how can you improve that segmentation and look into things like behavioral and psychographics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, your digital transformation, I worry that digital transformations, again, are, are going to be in the same bucket where they're not going to produce results. So, you know, key question for me is, where is the point that is the human point that's driving most value, you know, and have you digitized that? And you, you may want to look back on that. The AI stuff, I would go back and go, okay, again, where's the where's the area that drives most value for us? And is there a human part of that? And again, start to look into facial recognition, start to think about how you can use that, in what scenarios you can use that, because again, I think that's going to be a big area. Okay, so thanks very much, everybody. If you get a chance, then please do drop us an email at contact at beyondphilosophy.com, contact at beyondphilosophy.com. If you've got any ideas, suggestions of what we uh, what we can cover in these shows, more than happy to, um, uh, to look at anything that anybody suggests, even if it's about um, axe collecting, because I'm sure that's going to be an interesting subject for at least one of us. If we talk about it enough, I can start to use it as a tax write-off. So I think you'll find, <laughs> I think you'll find me bringing up axes more. Excellent. Good. Thanks a lot, everyone. See ya. Thanks. Bye. This is Colin Shaw. I said I'd be back with you after the show with a URL for the free intuitive customer report that you can complete. All you need to do is go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash assessment. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash assessment. Complete the intuitive customer assessment and you'll be sent a free report. I hope that helps. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.